Welcome to Proof of Change by Change Gallery. I'm your host, Ash Cooper Kearns. In this episode, we discuss Trash, an NFT collection created in collaboration by two artists and change makers, the visceral glitch and glitch to benefit the Psychedelic Access Fund, a nonprofit that breaks down the financial, psychological, and societal barriers that prevent individuals from experiencing psychedelic healing. You'll hear directly from the nonprofit as well as the artists about their audiovisual collaboration. Trash is minting now at Change Gallery. Mint yours to collect phenomenal art and support access to psychedelic healing. We hope you enjoy the episode. The history of this project is that um, I had I had first heard about Trash Art at uh, NFT NYC 2021. And I sort of, I had never heard of trash art before and I really liked it as a concept. And um, I mostly do glitch art and my subjects are always original photographs. And I thought, oh, what if I use trash as the main subject? And I made a few of them and they were cool and they were fun. Um, but I wasn't really thinking about much beyond that. And then uh, last year I was thinking about putting another clutch. I was putting a collection together and I asked some people what they thought about trash and they thought it was a really good idea. And so I tried to move forward with trash and um, the project kind of buckled a little bit. And so I had all these pieces sitting around and uh, during NFT NYC this year, I was in a bar and I met David and Kelsey and Brian uh, and some other people. And we were talking about projects and David really liked what I was doing. And I told him about the trash project. And he was like, oh, that seems like a really good project to do. So as uh, I know that Change works with um, charities and organizations, and I really like that about it, that they're giving back to the community. Um, I started to think about what sort of charity I would want to be associated with. And for trash, because it's garbage, a very obvious one is um, environmentalism. And although that is very true to my heart, it's not really a conversation that I wanted to have a whole bunch. And I thought about what trash art was. And I thought, well, what I'm really doing is I'm taking discarded pieces of our society and reforming them and reshaping them into beautiful art. And I thought, what else does that? And I thought, well, psychedelics do that. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, because we've all been in rough situations where we feel a little bit like trash and um, we need some love and understanding and some magic to make us feel better to make us feel whole and to make us feel valid and um, I was like I don't know can I ask him if we can do psychedelics and so I asked and they said yes you can um, so I set out on a mission to find an organization that um, aligned with what I felt like. And I researched a bunch and um, I really like Psychedelics Access Fund because they're actually on the ground helping people and like it goes directly to helping people as opposed to like other broader things like it's very funneled in and it's really doing the work so the people can do the work. Um, and they've just been great to work with, just very um, helpful, whatever I need, they're there. Um, Gene's been great. And so it just felt like a very, just, it felt flowing. You know, there weren't a lot of obstacles in the way, um, which is what 
you want, you know, if there's obstacles and you're like, oh, is this the right thing? But I didn't really have any. So it just kind of flowed. Um, I love that. And we're here now. Yeah, we're here now. Yeah, yeah and we're here now. I'm, and now we're here. I have to say, I find it really awesome that you just learned about trash art in 21 from NFT folks. Um, I don't know if you've connected with any of the OG trash artists in the space, but they're they're badasses. I, I, I love that community. Um, oh yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm in that whole community. Um, I sort of, I think, I, I, who did I meet? Um, Sergeant Slaughtermelons. I can't remember, but I found out about it. And so like, I met like Rob yeah. and Trip. Empress Trash yeah. and Wonder Mundo and all these like amazing, amazing people, right. um, that, um, I've got to meet over the years. Like we hung out in Miami, we hung out in New York, um, beautiful beautiful people beautiful people um and it's like the trash and the glitch world are cousins right like trash is like a subsect of glitch and the glitch <laughs> is already like I, I i always um when music there was this uh neil young described music as like middle of the road and then ditch music and trash is ditch music and Sorry, glitch is trash. <laughs> and and sorry, sorry, I'm getting my metaphors messed up. Glitch is in the ditch and trash is further in the ditch. Right. And I really like how like subversive and, and undercurrent it is. I totally agree. Um and I love that. And it is it it is a great community. I, I know Crypto Yuna and Stella Bell and, and I'm Crypto Yeah, Stella yeah, Bell you know, is amazing. All of those folks. So um I I know we talked about this a bit last week, but Josh, since um, you're here and have a bit more time, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to go to Psychedelic Access Fund and then come back to you about adding in the healing audio components. And Visceral Glitch, I will mute you if your mic gets too hot, just so you know. Um, so Jean, welcome. Thank you for creating a Twitter account to join us today. And thank you for being a nonprofit professional doing the work and being willing to engage in dialogues with people who care about your cause. Welcome. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I I think best place to start is what when was the the Access Fund founded and what is the actual mission of the organization? Yeah, so we are a brand new nonprofit. We launched in January 2023 this year. So we've really only been around for five months and we've received an outpouring of support in our first few months. I wasn't sure what to expect, but I've been pleasantly surprised um, and have a lot of gratitude for that. And our mission is to provide um, opportunities for psychedelic healing for those who would benefit but cannot afford access. So we do not want finances to be a barrier in this work. So um, we're on the ground doing what we can to supplement funds and, and make sure that no person is is turned away. And uh, I mean, this is, it's a major cost for, for most people that don't know. Um, I mean, luckily in Oregon, there was just laws passed that are legalizing this treatment and hopefully making it more accessible, correct? Yes. So, I mean, in Oregon right now, they just had their first license approved and the numbers were released a couple weeks ago and a high dose psilocybin journey is going to cost about $3,500. And, and that's just the cost for the facilitator 
to break even on all the taxes and cost and licensure fees that wow. they would have. So the system isn't really set up to make it accessible. Like I, yeah, like even the individual doing the facilitation work doesn't want to charge that much, but right now the, the laws and the policies just don't haven't quite worked yet to make it accessible. And I was going to, I actually will full transparency have undergone ketamine therapy um, for severe depression and anxiety and it was life-changing. So I know what a hurdle it was for me to be able to fund that and, and how terrifying it was to say, I'm going to take this chunk of money and I'm going to throw it at this and hope, hope it works. And it did. Um, And so thank you for understanding that and, and forming, you know, this organization, I'm, I'm curious, are you working with, and you're new, so I understand if this is still a work in progress, but are you partnering with other organizations that are dealing with the, the legal equitable access component? Um, mm. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question. So um, as an organization, we're trying to get like really clear on where we fall within the ecosystem of access. And there's so many great organizations doing good work when it comes to like policy and insurance advocacy and decriminalization, legalization, and like how do we train facilitators? And, and there's a whole ecosystem that, that goes into access. And, you know, we've just learned that we can be really good at one thing. And that one thing is just like helping individuals receive this healing. Um, and we do want to partner with organizations who are working on a, a larger scale to, to create access. We're in those conversations now, but no publicized um, partnerships just yet. just yet. Well, it's really exciting. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you all are focused because the nonprofits I feel that are the most effective are the ones that really understand their mission and there isn't this mission creep. Um, so mm. thank you for saying that, uh, that was not meant <laughs> to be a loaded question. I was hoping for that answer to be frank. Um, so how can people as a new organization, um, as a new nonprofit, it often can be really hard to, to find information and get your brand and, and recognition and work and name out there. What are, where are the best places, um, aside from your website, are there any other places that people can go to learn more? Um, to keep up with your work and and how how can someone potentially apply for support? Yeah, of course, it's a great question. Our our website is limited as a new organization, and, and we're revamping that in the next couple months. But we are active on Instagram, so we post what we're up to and what we're working on. So that's the most updated piece of information, and as well as our mailing list. So on our Instagram and website, a person can sign up. We're usually sending out bi-weekly or at least monthly mailings of our updates. And if an individual needed support, needed financial support, um, we're working with ketamine right now just because of the legality, but we are opening up services in Oregon in the next six months. And we'll move into psilocybin and uh, MDMA as it becomes available here in New York. So if a person wanted to apply, they can just go to our website or our Instagram and, and fill out the application. It only takes about seven minutes um, and we'll see if they're a good fit. And just just uh, and we will uh, tweet out the Instagram link so we can drive more traffic um, to that rather than uh, the website, you know, just the website. But just so people are clear and, and don't, you know, a lot of times when you hear I'm going to apply to get support 
people get crippled by anxiety of filling out an application and am I going to qualify? Am I going to fit in these parameters? Can you, can you talk a little bit about what those, um, you know, guidelines are for some, what is the, aside from a financial hurdle, um, you know, the best case scenario for someone applying um, to your organization for support? Yeah, of course. So, of course, first thing is financial need. A, a person doesn't need to be very low income, but, you know, do they have enough in their bank account right now to to do something like this that wouldn't give them, like, financial anxiety? Um, also that they show, like, a mental health need or a spiritual need, a self-growth need. The person doesn't necessarily need to have, like, depression, anxiety, PTSD, but do they have um, something within them that, that wants to expand? And third, like, does this, show, this, does this person show a commitment to their own healing or that they could co-create with the process? So can they show up for themselves and can they meet the medicine halfway? Um, we do give priority to uh, minority groups and vulnerable populations when we go through our applicant pool, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a person needs to be from one of those populations. That's, I'm, I'm really thrilled to hear that part of your, you know, kind of looking at somebody about whether or not <clears throat> they're the right candidate for this is, is their interest in, in continuing to heal and seeking other support systems to um, carry them through after, after treatment, because, you know, that's, that's one thing that I think it's still a mystery for a lot of people, you know, feeling like you can do this treatment and then it's all going to be okay, but it's, you know, this is something ongoing. And, and so getting that ongoing support, is there, is there, um, I'm, you're early in this, but I'm curious because it's around health, there are going to be privacy issues with you, um, sharing out impact reports. And I, mm -hmm. I was wondering, have you all talked about internally about how you plan on, on reporting on impact aside from just how many people were able to receive treatment? Yeah, so we will back ourselves by data, um, especially when we want to show that our programming is working. So the outcomes of before and after, as well as like personal qualitative narratives. But a way in which we share that with the with our audience and, and with others is based on what the, the participant is comfortable with. So we'll have an honest conversation with them in the beginning and ask, like, do you want to share your story? And if you do, how much of it do you want to use your real name? Do you want others to know what this experience was like? And more often than not, we find that our supporters, our participants actually really want to share their story because they, they believe in the mission and it's like their way to give back. So like our participants wish that they could be donors, right? I feel like everyone wants to give to this mission. And sometimes if they can't financially give, they can give with their story and they can give with, their own healing journey and inspire others. So um, we found it's really worked well in that sense. And we want to be really mindful about privacy and make sure that we're having those honest conversations. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think the only giving you can do is financial, but giving is time, talent, and treasure. So, you know, your stories and the impact as a, as someone who received the benefit of this, someone who is believes in the mission and shares out the work, those are all ways to support an organization um, that you care about. And I get, I'm very curious, is this going to be your first time accepting crypto donations? 
It is. Yes. <laughs> Something new. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. That's all right. That's why we're here. Um, and so I'm, I'm assuming that it was uh, kind of, was it a conversation internally about with the board, I, I work with a nonprofit and, and many of us in the space uh, who have experience know that it has been challenging um, for boards to get behind accepting crypto and the volatility with an organization as new as yours dealing with a cause that is as current. Um, I'm wondering if you had those same hurdles or if your board was more embracing of, of this new space. No, I think with the with the nature of what we're doing, it's a very progressive field, right? So when it comes to like technology and, and fast moving, changing and, and being being ahead, it was it was just natural. And, and it's a space that we want to be in. I love it. Well, I hope I do hope you all form a, a Twitter account for Psychedelic Access Fund, because that is where Twitter is where the Web3 community lives. And there are a lot of people passionate about this in the space. And so we'd love to be able to amplify uh, your work here among among the community. So um, I want to move over to Josh about adding these healing audio elements. But before I do that, Jean, are there any questions I didn't ask you? Is there anything that you did want to share today that that I didn't touch on? Um, maybe just a celebration and uh, what we've been able to accomplished so far, even though we're a very new organization. We sponsored our first person in, in March, and now we're, we're approving five individuals who have been previously incarcerated, struggling with PTSD for a five-person ketamine cohort. So we're really excited to get that going. Um, yeah, I'm just taking a moment of gratitude to celebrate that. Seriously, congratulations. I um... I'm eager to see your work continue and to hear more about the impact of, of your services um, on, on so many people that could truly benefit from them. So thank you so much for being here and making the time today and, and being willing to get into spaces and, and with us weirdos. So thank you so much for that, Jean. <laughs> Appreciate it. You're welcome anytime um, to pop back in and share um, about how things are going over there. I love it. I'm the, I'm the biggest weirdo. Perfect. The biggest psychedelic. Weirdo, well, so. among friends. <laughs> <Right> yes. <laughs> well, um, on that note, uh, Josh, I, I want to talk to you about this healing component because um, psychedelics and healing is something that we're all, you know, care about in the space. Why was it important for you to add, you know, not just audio and music and things that we can enjoy, but audio that is healing frequencies to uh, visceral glitches? visual work i mean like uh so as an artist um like i've I, once i had like learned about the healing frequencies sound alchemy like i'm really connected with like a lot of like ancient egyptian stuff so like studying like what they used to study over there in terms of like like the the, the elements of sound and how they utilize it like i just like implemented it as a huge part of my art and um but also, like, my mission to help people on this planet, like, um, I feel it, it as, like, a divine calling to, like, help people in the ways that I can. And, like, after learning how to help people with music, like, 
uh, that's just like something all of my all of my music has like is going to be doing from here on out. So when Visceral Glitch he hit me up to to be a part of this, like I was beyond excited because like um, psychedelics have always been like a huge part of my life and a huge reason why I am the way I am and has saved me from so many things. Um, and like it has helped inspire me to to make the kinds of sounds that I do. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just like it's just my my way of creatively like helping people, I guess. I love it. Um, arts and healing, it's it's uh, so critical. I'm I'm excited yes. too as well because this was your first NFT Web three experience. I hope you stay in. Yeah, <laughs> I. The, the thing about it is, like, a while ago, I used to be really into, like, trying to understand cryptocurrencies. I was buying a couple. I, like, I even made some NFTs, and I launched them on uh, OpenSea, but I had no idea how to market them. Because I was, like, what, like, 18 at the time? And, um, and like, I did, I used, like, AI to make them and stuff. Uh, and then, like, I, I did some other things. Um, so, like, but this is, like, the first time I'm, like, a part of, like, a serious project. And I'm so beyond excited because, like, not only, like, Gene, I did want to say, like, I really, really love what you what you guys are doing over at the, the Access Fund. Like, I think that is, like, such a huge part of, like, helping everybody who needs it. Um, but, like, like I, the, the healing potentials of, like, psychedelics, is, like, it's always been something I've always preached about and, like, loved and, um cryptocurrency is another thing like an alternative like currency um i've been following since i was like 12 years old trying to get my parents to buy bitcoin when it was like a hundred dollars um just because i saw this vision of like how much like money was like hurting like the, our current currency systems like hurting us and like this alternative currency system can like really change how like we could do things so yeah i'm 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 just like overall extremely excited to be like about every aspect of this project and like cryptocurrency. And finally, like, I feel like I, this, this could be the one thing that like helps me like really tap into this whole web three thing. And like, I'm starting to figure it out more network stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the best way you can figure it out is by showing up and being amongst friends that are all figuring it out each day here too. <laughs> I mean, if you're not if you're not learning something new each day here, then you're not actually in Web three. Every day I wake up thinking I I know what I'm doing, and then every day I realize I have no clue. Um, and so, but I still show up because it's awesome to have conversations and learn more. And um, so I'm super excited that this has inspired you to get more engaged, um, and hopefully uh, come back to Change Gallery and you know uh, do another drop with us. Yeah, I, I would love to. I, that, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yes. Well, um, on that note, I know that we, I don't see Jacob from our team yet. Um, I did have uh, invite Chaz up um, while we're waiting for our other speaker to get here for the decentralized storage combo. Uh, Chaz, did you have any questions or, or comments for, the, for this, uh, this drop today? I just wanted to comment that like the fact that, that you're, Joining forces with the for, for psychedelic access fund and stuff is just amazing because like I, I'm actually at work in my office like sequestered right now. I have to talk quietly, but um, uh, I do addiction counseling for a living and like I'm working on figuring out how to get my certification to become a psilocybin counselor up here in Oregon um, and how to get the funding to get that certification happening and and what I need to do to like get that and because this is something that I really feel has like a huge part and a huge place in, in um, 
in rehabilitation and 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 recovery. I think the beginning beginning stages of recovery are key for people if they have like access to psychedelics in, in, in a proper healthy way. That I think it would. I, I personally I personally haven't ex- experienced with that. I, April twenty eighth of two thousand fifteen. I I did ayahuasca for the first and only time and. Four days later, I got sober for the last eight years. <laughs> so, <laughs> and now I'm a counselor. Congrats. It's amazing. Yeah, the fact that Vitral is, is, is doing this with, with them, it, with you guys, is, is just awesome to me. And I just want to give you flowers. And, like, I'd say that I really admire that. So, that's all. That's the only comment I really have. And I love this drop. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Chad. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. That's cool. Thanks for coming by. Um, wow. Um, Josh and Gene, like, it's so amazing to hear these stories and how this is affecting you. And we're, we're only at the beginning stages of it. Um, you know, I hope the more that we sell, the more that we can raise, the more that we can help with people. Um, it's incredible to, like, have these thoughts about something and then see how, as you bring them to life, how it affects people and it's like second or third and fourth degree you know gene you're going to help people and those people's lives are going to get better and the people around them are going to get better too and i'm going to be so far removed from that and it's like going to echo down and down and down and i i love that it's you know you'll be remarkable right this is one thing i'm just going to jump in and say really quickly because something that we don't talk about often when we talk about mental health are the people who love us um, that have mental health uh, obstacles. And so when you talk about a ripple effect, I, I know how much me seeking care improved the lives around the, of my loved ones because they felt that they were, didn't have, well, not, not that they didn't have to worry, but that they, knew that I was doing everything I could and everything in my power, which took a lot of the onus and, and, and worry off of them. Um, and so that ripple effect is for real. Um, and then it just keeps going and going, and going. So I had to say that, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I got excited. <laughs> no, 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 it's totally true. I mean, I've, you know, it's, it's true. Like I'm, I, I heal with psychedelics. Um, I'm a psilocybin man. Um, and I know that I'm healing in order to heal my daughter. Yes. And for future generations. It's like in certain indigenous um, societies, you don't have kids until you're healed. And in this society, we have, um, we, we have children and we're not healed. And then you have this intense generational trauma. And the trauma keeps building up and up and up and up and up and up. And like, no one's clearing it out. No one's clearing it out. It's like, to be honest, like the glitch for me, the glitch is different for everybody, but the glitch for me is actually generational trauma. That's how it came to me. It's generational trauma that was never cleared up. And um, it presented itself in a glitch type fashion. And that's the glitch for me. I, that analogy is really, really moving to me. Um, thank you for that. I, that was, I really appreciate it. Um, I mean, thank you for letting me tell my story. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's very emotional. It's very like, it's very powerful. I'm like, the more I think about what I've done with trash and to make it heal where it's like, 
you're re you're reshaping people and the world and you're taking something that people were just throwing away and you're making it art and you're saying it's not something that you leave on the side of the street it's something that you frame in a museum and you look at and you heal from it um and I play around with sound frequencies a little bit. I put like self-radio frequencies sometimes in my daily glitches. Um, and Josh had actually reached out to me in February through TikTok for a collaboration. And I mostly do my own sound design. Um, and then I, I had actually, I was actually at a club in New York and about three in the morning, uh, they were playing these healing frequency songs. And I was like, Whoa, that's, much better than what I was doing. I want to get some proper sound design. And so I reached out to Josh and Josh accepted it, which was incredible. Um, but there's so much that we just don't know. Like, and there's so much healing that we just need, you know, and that we're like, we're trying to work on and it's just incredible to, to be a part of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get very emotional. It's like the more I think about like who we are and how like, you know, we've all felt like, trash and garbage and kicked to the side of the curb and it's just because we weren't in the right situations and we're not trash we're not trash we're beautiful art waiting to be realized yes and i i've always loved trash art in the in the commentary the social commentary and and the artists that do trash art the the way that they speak about the reason um, and the motivation is always so moving to me um, and, and hopefully allows a perspective, perspective shift around uh, for listeners and, and people who, you know, see your art and, and read, read the reasons why you create that. So thank you for that. There no, no need to apologize for being emotional about uh, your work and, <laughs> you know, especially trying to make a better world for, for your daughter and for the next generations. I will never ever <laughs> be, be, uh, you know, against that. So. Yeah. Um, and one thing that when I was writing the descriptions of the trash art, I really tried to think about journeys and some inspiration when you're going through those journeys, because sometimes the journeys like they're ready to flow. They're at good points and other points they're difficult. They're hard. We struggle. We push through and we learn. And that's important to utilize, you know, and also something that someone told me ages ago is that it's actually easy to take the medicine. You're only out for a few hours. The big thing is integration. How does it affect <laughs> your life later that day, tomorrow? the next day, next week, a year from now, are you still holding on to those old ways or, you, or have you shed them? That's, that's even more powerful. That's the hard bit. Anyone can take the medicine. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you can go on that journey, but to actually integrate it into your life and, and heal from it to become better, to become your fully realized you, that's powerful. That's really powerful. Thank you. With and I, that seems like the perfect time to go. Please go to Change Gallery and and mint one of these NFTs. It is live now. Uh, they are for 0.033 ETH, um, and the sound healing frequencies in every NFT are by uh, Josh here. Uh, Glitch two three four is the handle um, that we have tagged uh, on the accounts. And if there's anything else you all want to share about the project, please do. 
Ooh, there is something that I really wanted to talk about for the healing frequencies. And I didn't know how to like integrate it to what I was saying earlier. Is now a good time? Yes. Go for it. Awesome. So, um, like, I just want to kind of explain to everybody, like, how the healing frequencies work. Because I noticed when I was especially, like, scrolling through uh, visceral glitches, like, how, how he uses solfeggio frequencies. Is he had, like, a like a pure, like, sign tone, kind of, like, with some other sound effects on top of it. Um, and, like, I've honestly, I, I've made a lot of frequencies like that in the past for, like, personal use or, like, an old YouTube channel that um, I still kind of don't run. But, um like how like how i've always used uh the the he, the healing frequencies in the songs is like um that all all of the songs that i make including these ones is i would go into like the synth and there is there's like there's a lot of different frequencies that i would use because um you could change like the the tuning of the a key um it's only between like four i think it's like 440 450 to like 420 so i i'd always do uh 432 on on each sound uh that i make to like have like if if anyone's familiar with the 432 hertz frequency it's like um there there's there's a lot of controversy or i wouldn't even say controversy but a lot of different results on what people believe it to be um like some people said it's like connected to like the heart chakra so love but also like some people say it's for the third eye and it's like higher frequencies and but it's a like nonetheless it's a very powerful frequency that i use in like all of my synths but um in the synth you can uh you can like tune parts of the different sound effects to resonate at different frequencies so it's like even in like the the small little like the pops and crinkles that you'll hear in the in the soundscapes they all have like different healing frequencies i used to like a lot of 417 which is to like ease stress and anxiety and let go of negative energy so that way things like um like the 639 uh frequency which comes more from like nikola tesla's idea of like the 369 but the 693 frequency is to like remove blockages um of like of whatever it is like energy blockages of maybe like what like what you believe or maybe things holding you back from like your fullest potential and um it's like a lot of different frequencies like that, a lot of different chakra frequencies for the um and solfeggio frequencies to like go go through our energetic bodies and, and heal in different ways. And that could translate different for anybody that's like accepting of the experience. But um because it is like technically white magic, a lot of it like people have to have like I have to have their permission for it to work on them. Um and like this this might be something like worth sharing. Um usually if like someone will listen to like one of my sounds expecting to be healed and knowing that's what it is like that right there is like consent because it's what they want to get out of it but like people who don't maybe necessarily know what they're getting themselves into like sometimes healing can be a hard experience you know like maybe like some really rough things come up for you to like have to face and not everybody's ready for that so it's like i've made sure that those frequencies will not like affect people who are like that like don't know what it is you know and might have some really heavy stuff to deal with that way it doesn't like come up for them they can just like enjoy it and not have to uh like worry about that but that's more in like the spiritual magical mystical realms of like what i do with the frequencies but there, uh on that note like a lot of the frequencies are charged with like um different uh how do i say um, like if, if anyone's familiar with like Reiki energy, it's like an energetic healing, light codes, different things like that, which is a lot to explain like what it is there, but there are different types of healing energy that can be translated through technology. But that's all I really wanted to say. Just so like give an idea of like to everybody, like what, what my sound healing frequencies had in this project.
just casually breaking down like really uh, complex stuff and and making it accessible. You mean that? I really appreciated how you explained that because not every, you know, we're not all audio engineers, let alone the thoughtfulness that you wanted to ensure that this was not going to be a healing frequency that was going to, um, you know, stimulate someone in, in an adverse way is really critical and important because as you said, some of us are, are in process of, of healing and, and can be uh, really, really damaged if it's not, uh, I don't want to say applied, but received in the right, at the right time. So thank you for being thoughtful in that. Of course, of course. I, that was like, that was something I had to learn the hard way, but luckily I learned through myself and not through like doing that to someone else. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate that too. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't audio assault you. Then. <laughs> I was like trying to find the right word. That's it. Thanks, man. Audio assault. Yeah, sure. No problem. Do what I can. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, we've we've pinned up at the top a uh, big day, but we will also pin up again about the uh, where to mint and how to mint and all of that. So head on over to Change Gallery and uh, mint. Get your trash today. Um, thank you so much, gentlemen, and and Jean um, from Psychedelic Access Fund for being here um, to talk about your work. And I look forward to having you at a at a future spaces. Um, I hope that we can kind of do a do a a roundup and a debrief in you know maybe six months about um, the where you all are in in as a new nonprofit and uh, the path of your your patients are the people that you're supporting uh, through your work. So thank you so much. I love that. Thank you. And I do just want to voice that the creation of art will be a major component of our storytelling and how we, how we interact with the world. Uh, so I would love to stay in contact and, and touch base in six months and see where that is. Perfect. It's a date. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Proof of Change by Change Gallery. Check out the show notes for links on our upcoming drops and events. With Change Gallery, every stroke of art ignites a wave of change, fueling a global movement for a better world. Thanks for being part of this movement. We look forward to seeing you next time.